Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Richard Metcalf on the line. Richard, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Looking forward to this conversation. So for those that uh, aren't familiar with you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah, sure. So I guess I, I say that I'm I'm what you get if you put a McKinsey consultant, um, a slightly unorthodox pastor and an entrepreneur into a blender. So that might be the, the place to start. I'm an Englishman uh, based in France, actually. I moved to France in 99. It was meant to be for one year, and here I am 20-something years later, uh, married and everything else. But uh, what I do is I, I have clients all over the world. I'm a leadership consultant. I work with some of the world's, frankly, frankly some of the world's top <laughs> CEOs and entrepreneurs and some other C-suite leaders, um, helping them what I call multiply their impact. What I excites me is people who are already playing a great game, everyone looks at them from the outside and goes, wow, that's incredible. But inside, those people are thinking, yeah, but I've barely started. I'm not really playing at my maximum. There's more I could be doing. I want to make a bigger impact on the world, on my business. Um, But also, that's a bit of a risk because I found a success formula that works for me. So what I love doing is, is helping people think about how do they get past their current level of success to a whole new level and think about how that implies a change to their sense of purpose, their sense of strategy, and their leadership. Well, it's critical work, and I'm guessing that you know, many of the people that you've worked with over these last few years have really needed to lean into you know that new work and how do I make a bigger impact, especially with all the challenging things that we've faced over these last few years. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, one of the things that that happened, um, I guess, over the the, pan- the COVID pandemic. Um, and it had already been happening. And people say, you know, the future is already here. It's just, it, it's just some places haven't yet caught up with it yet, right? So I worked for Cisco, uh, Cisco Systems for many years. They made that whole shift to remote work and teleworking in the financial crisis in 2008. So in many ways, I've been used to all this remote work myself. And some of the challenges with that, but of course, the rest of the whole world caught up very dramatically in 2020, even to the sense that, you know, my kids were doing their scout groups online and and everything else. And and this has created what I call the world of infinity. Um, It was already there, but the remote working has really made it obvious to everybody that we live in a world of infinity. There is infinite messaging coming into our phones infinite social networking opportunities, conversations we can have with people. There's infinite content to consume. And every time, you know, you read one book or listen to one podcast or watch one movie, you get recommended 10 others. So it literally is infinite. There's no stop to it. You send one message, you get two back normally. So we live in a world where for most leaders, there's way more coming at them than they can ever deal with. And the problem is that we can't use productivity anymore to get on top of things because you can't beat infinity with productivity. And that's, I suppose, what I've seen over the last couple of years. 
you know, my spouse works in the auto sector and her organization that she works for has seen tremendous growth over the last couple of years. And it's just, she said, there's no shortage of work. Uh, we never get the work done. And I, I always tell people that's, that's a good thing because that means you have work to do. If you run out of work, they won't need you. And it's, it's a mind shift. Uh, thing, but ultimately it's you create an environment, do what you can, you know, work in your best space, make sure you're your optimum best yourself as a physical being and as a mental being, and you'll get through it. And if you're paying attention, if you're operating in a, in a healthy space, that's when clarity comes in. That's when you see opportunities. So yes, with these infant messages, you're like, okay, maybe I can delegate some of this work. Let's bring in somebody else that they can handle that. So I'm working in my sweet spot and the things that I'm working on. So it's, you know, it, it's right. a constant battle with the one commodity that we spend and we never get back. And that's time. You know, once well, we spend it, it's gone. So I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree. Although I would say you don't actually ever get through the work. That's the problem with infinity. Um, but I totally agree that we need to create this space that we can start to see opportunities. So um, I talk about the infinity trap um, in, you know, in, in, in my book. And the infinity trap is really when you start to respond to all these demands coming in by running faster. We run faster, we run faster. There's no more hours in the day. And, and where do we go from, from here, right? And actually what happens is when there's no more hours in the day, you can't see um, the opportunities. You can't see the things that are actually right in front of you. You might well burn out and obviously you're the expert on, on, on that and, and what to do about that. But even if you don't burn out, you are not, you're caught in incrementalism. You're caught in just doing a little bit more, a little bit more, working a bit harder to get kind of the same result or a little bit better than the same. We're not seeing those breakthrough opportunities. I like to remind people of that YouTube video. Most people have seen it where there's a basketball team passing a, a, a basketball between them. And the, the, the video caption says like, count how many times the white team passes the basketball between them. I think it is. And um, people watch it and they say, yeah, it's 20 times or whatever. And then the question is, yeah, but did you see the gorilla? And there was a guy in a gorilla suit who walks right through the, 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 the match, waves at the camera and walks off. But most people, they don't see the guy in the gorilla suit because they're so focused on the ball. And that's the infinity trap. We're so focused on our priorities list, our to-do list, all the stuff coming, getting through the day's work. We think we're focusing and it feels good and we're getting things off our to-do list. It feels good, but we don't see the breakthrough opportunities. We don't put time and attention on the things that are really going to matter. And so that's the thing that I find that when I'm working with clients who want to level up, the first thing they say is, Richard, I'm stuck in the weeds. I don't have enough time to think strategically and that's where I need to put my focus. And so how do I do that? And that's really the number one, step one in the process with any of my clients. Well, that's important for them to recognize. And yeah, I've seen that video. And I know, I'm one of the weirdos. I actually noticed the gorilla. I'm like, okay. So I'm sure there's something to this. And then read into <laughs> it, read into it later. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, you know, I thought, was that the mascot? You know, what was going on with that? But, you know, again, it as a leader, you, you've got so many things at you. And it's it's definite. I love the infinite analogy because there there's no end to it. And it just comes down to, 
all right, how do I prioritize things? What is important? What, what should I be focusing on? Should I be focusing on the ball or should I be looking for that gorilla? And in, yeah. in, in a lot of times people, and we know this, people tend to try to think and plan in black and white when the world is gray. And it's just, you, you can't, there's just could be ebbs and flows of things. And not only with, you know, what's happening in your organization or with the community or the companies you serve and, and all that to how you're feeling physically. Or mentally, you know, maybe you're, yeah. you're dealing, you know, seasonal allergies or, you know, change in seasons or, you know, all that stuff. You didn't sleep well last night. All those things play a factor into it. So it's important that you have uh, basically a guidepost or, you know, a mechanism or a system like, you know, what you teach that can help these leaders, you know, really you know, bring the best out of themselves and so they can see those opportunities, so they can be creative, so they can do their best work. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, I like to say the most important project is the one that no one's asking you for. So actually, when we prioritize, often we prioritize between all the things that are on our plate. This is why I try to help my clients with is to find the thing that's not on their radar that is actually going to make everything else change, that's going to make everything else easier. And that's going to be the breakthrough is it's the thing that's not on the radar. But once we see that, bizarrely, although it's another thing on our plate, it's the thing that makes everything else easier. And, and so that for me is in a way the heart of strategy. So operations is what everyone else is asking you for. It's what all the knocks on your door are basically operational demands. But the strategy comes, the strategic move comes from when you find that one thing that's going to really be your high value activity. When I was in, in consulting, sort of my career, I was doing Excel models, you know, business plans, this kind of thing. I realized that if I just spent a few days, I spent a few days build after six months in the company, building my own set of templates and macros, it was already geeky. All my colleagues were like, Richard, what are you doing? You're not doing client sold work. You know, you're going to fall behind. Well, nobody was asking me for this, but I, I realized if I do this, I'm going to use it on every project. It's going to be really efficient. So suddenly, after two weeks of investment, when everyone else was thinking I was falling behind, suddenly, whatever my colleagues were doing in, in, a, in a week, I could do in a morning, and it would be better formatted, more flexible, better presented, more insightful um, than anything that they had created from scratch. And so suddenly that investment, nobody had asked me to do that. People thought I was a bit weird doing that, but I suddenly became the most productive consultant there. I was able to reuse the time I was saving on more value-added roles. I started to learn about sales, project management, way ahead of my, my contemporaries. And with that kind of mindset, you know, I became the youngest ever partner in that business, not just for that one thing I did, obviously, but the mindset of how do I invest time now that's going to pay off every week or every month or every quarter in the future here and stop doing the recurring things. And that's, for me, it's always been a big breakthrough. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. It's planting that seed for something that'll make things easier. And I, you know, even myself, you know, I did an exercise yesterday where I just kind of threw out everything that I've got going on and, you know, put it out, you know, literally instead of, you know, in 
you know, your normal um, project management thing. Literally, I just took pieces of paper. I couldn't find my post-it notes. So I took some scraps of paper and mo- moved notes and moved things around. And I was just looking at it from a process flow standpoint. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. If I do this here, that's actually going to help with these three other things over here. So why don't I do that first? And you move right. it around kind of thing. Yeah. Unless you can see it uh, or have the skill set to be able to view all of these things, sometimes you can get we said lost in the weeds and I just been plugging along and like, okay, now I got to do this right now. I got to go back and do this step. Okay. I got to do that. If you would have just maybe taken an extra 10 minutes to, you know, create, let's say content, for example, a YouTube video or whatnot. And it's like, okay, I'm going to record that, but I'm also going to use part of it for a YouTube short, or I'm going to put it on a TikTok video or whatever. I, I'm, I'm addressing a handful of things through one exercise that I'm doing where my mind is focused on that particular exercise. And it's one of the things that I do when I work with teams and people when they're trying to figure out, you know, how can I be more you know, productive and not overwhelmed. It's like, you know, I literally look at, you know, what are they working on and and say, okay, this looks like left brain activity. This looks like right brain activity. You've got all this stuff mixed together. So you're, right. you're, you're, you're bouncing around a little bit. Let's group left brain stuff together. Let's group right brain stuff together. And you'll find that in most cases, you're going to flow a little bit better because you're not doing this hard shift to something else. And when people do that, it's like, you're, you're still doing the work. You've just yeah. moved it around when you do it and you're finding yourself, you know, able to accomplish more. And, and actually like in your situation, you mentioned a minute ago, you're getting more productive in, in less time and you're still accomplishing the work and you were, you were able to take on more and ultimately become partner because mm-hmm. of that type of mindset of looking, how can I hack myself to be better without, you know, causing extra strain per se or, or yeah. overworking mm-hmm. myself? And we can all do that. Well, what you're talking about there is what I call the tactical challenge. So, um, the story here is that I worked with so, so many leaders and saying the first thing we did when we looked about their own strategy for how to multiply their impact, one of the first things to do was how do I make time for strategy, Richard? How do I make time to up-level because I'm in the operations? And so, I, um, as, as you know, I just read a book on this top, very topic. It's called Making Time for Strategy. And there are four pillars to this, which I, I identified. And what you've been talking about just now, Michael, is that first pillar, um, which is tactics, right? So. Sometimes we need to review our workflows and make adjustments and get really down in the dirty tactical about, about what we're doing. Many leaders, they need to do that. It's really important because it, no matter what you do, if you're not being efficient in your core flows, it's going to be hard to really um, deliver what you need to deliver uh, uh, effectively. However, a lot of people, one leader I spoke to just the other day said, you know what, I've the breakthrough for me, Richard, he said, was I'd already been doing all this tactical stuff and I felt I had nowhere else to go because I was already already pretty efficient. So why am I still not making enough time for strategy? And so the other parts of the framework that I go through in the book, there's four elements, as I said, very nicely, they spell the acronym TIME, which I was pretty pleased about when I realized that. Um, but there have been things I've been using with my clients for years. So tactics is the first one. The second is influence. Now, people often overlook influence. They think, and what's influence got to do with you know managing my own time? Well, the reason is, if you want to go on a diet, 
the people that are going to give you the chocolate cake is likely to be your family. They're the ones who are going to sabotage you because they are attached to the way you do things. And, you know, they've got their habits and, and they're comfortable with it. They like eating the chocolate cake. So they want you to have some chocolate cake so that you don't feel bad. So our stakeholders around us are really, really vital to our success. If we want to make some changes in how we use our time, what we work on, what we don't work on, what we delegate, what we maintain our own standards on, then we have to influence and renegotiate our commitments with our stakeholders. So that's the second one. In the, and I talk about that quite a lot in the book. Um, the third one is mindset. It's the M in time. Because very often we think we're doing the things that are, you know, we think we're doing everything right pretty much because of what we think is necessary, desirable, and possible. But when we actually open that up, well, is it really necessary, desirable, and, and, and are other things possible? We start to find new options. So often we're in a box of our own making and we can't see beyond that. So one of the breakthroughs I often find with clients is when I spot a mental block they're having and offer them another perspective. To keep it very simple, for example, one client was trying to convince me that it was absolutely important that, you know, he was um, super responsive. You always like checking mail, being on responsive. You know, that, that's like, because that was what made him successful by being the super responsive person. I was like, well, hang on. If you're the president of the USA or the CEO of your company, um, would you expect people to be able to get through to you? And would they be responding immediately? Well, no, no, they've got more important things to be doing. Yeah, right. So you're an important person. You've got more important things to be doing than replying to every message coming in. You're being overly responsive. You're actually creating that needle, the waving in the noise. You know, there's no signal anymore. And so something which people was used to be a strength, being responsive, has now become damaging to people because they can't focus on the transformational work, which needs deep activity. And then finally, environment, which is really around, I wanted the book to be around not just being an individual a contributor but being a leader and how do you shape your company culture because even if you're working in a hyper-focused way everybody else around you is overloaded not being strategic not working on things that really matter for them not freeing themselves up you can't even delegate to them or you you know the business can't even deliver on the key projects that you are leading and therefore, it's important to work on that again. So I've already given you quite a lot there, Michael, but I suppose it's important to say often people naturally go to one of these areas. I just did a recent poll on LinkedIn, and most people said, yeah, yeah, tactics is my is my number one barrier. Hardly anybody said influence, for example. But I know from reality that's not often the case. Yeah, there are some tactical things they need to do. But normally, if it was just a matter of tactics, we'd have done it already. And that's the, that's the issue. No, I love that acronym and, and congratulations on having it land on time. That's, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that wasn't necessarily the intent, but when you put it together, it's like, Hey, wait, that spells time. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be easy to remember, but it's so important. And I love, I love that because all of those pieces are a piece of the, you know, the, the infinite pie that we have. And you're going to be bouncing around in certain arenas of those from time to time. And again, you know, if you're familiar with your energy levels and when you are working best on certain things, then, you know, design your day where, you know, okay, I know, you know, the, you know, the, 
you know, the mindset, you know, I can set my mindset at the beginning of the day or maybe the night before. It's like, okay, I'm going to prepare. So when I wake up tomorrow and go into it, I'm, I'm the right frame of mind and I can address the day and, and be what I need to be. And uh, for everybody is, you know, is different and just figuring out who you are. And that, that is a big question for a lot of leaders is they don't necessarily know who they are. And because they, 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 they've never asked themselves. Um, they identified with their, their title or their role, but they, they've never really said, okay, what makes me? me? And when you do that, it, it, it creates opportunities where you can say, okay, let's, let's put the pieces where they best fit and evolve. And then again, you know, like the work that you did, you know, earlier in your, your consulting career, you start you, when you get that clarity and you're a little bit, I'm not saying completely calm and relaxed and Zen like, but when the pressure isn't as intense, you get clarity. And with clarity, you can see the opportunities. You can see, you know what? It actually makes sense if I do it over here instead of there. Next thing you know, you're like, okay, that's good. And then, then it almost becomes an addiction where you're like, okay, what else can I find? And you're well, doing this and it just makes such a big difference. But what I like about what you just said there, Michael, is, is the fact that it's so personal to who you are. Back to that a consulting example, not everybody should probably build their own set of spreadsheets, right? That was my, that was a lever that I saw I could deliver quite effectively and would be a big input for me. Other consultants, perhaps there are other ways that they could have doubled down that play more to their strengths, as you said. So we need to know that we're not just some plug and play robot to be put into a leadership role. We are who we are. We bring that with us. And it's really important, as you said, to know who we are and tie into that. I think that is that is a really important uh, lesson there that you, you raised. It's definitely a big, big lesson for all of us. So Richard, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Yeah. So my business is called X Quadrant. So the letter X and then the word quadrant. Um, and you can find me at xquadrant.com. Um, if you head over to xquadrant.com slash breakfast leadership, then I've put together a couple of resources uh, about, about my new book. Um, I say I'm not an author by um, profession, so to speak. I, what I do is I, I coach leaders and work with leaders, right? And teams. Um, but, but this book, um, I felt was really important because it's something that so many people struggle with. And I realized in this work that I've, uh, I've done with so many leaders that there was a real fresh angle to take here. There wasn't just a productivity book. It was a, a leadership and coaching book, really, to help people address the real issues. And so on that, on that website, xquadrant.com slash breakfast leadership, I've put two things. One is which is a link to the book where you can get some free chapters and, and see what it's all about. And the other one is, is an assessment. Um, because one of my key principles is, work on the one thing that most needs work right now. The one thing that's going to, the limiting factor, if you like. And so there's an assessment that allows you to just to get a quick score of where you are on this kind of making time for strategy scale um, and look at what your score is in tactics, influence, mindset, and environment. So you focus on the right thing. And in fact, in the book, um, you can literally turn to, you know, you can like do the assessment and then just turn to the right section in the book and start there. It's designed to be fairly kind of focused so that you don't have to read things you don't need to deal with right now. You can get straight to what's most important for you. So that's probably the, the main resource I'd point people to. Well, thank you for that. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So Richard, again, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you and continued success and happy new year. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. 
visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.